Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Holy Habits, a podcast from St. John's Lafayette Square, journeying through Advent and Christmas. I'm your host, the Reverend Savannah Ponder. In these conversations, we explore the disciplines we need to live our faith here and now. This is an exploration into the shape of a life well-lived, that is a life oriented to receiving the gift of belonging to God. Today I'm with Jess Sanchez, a parishioner, vestry member, government attorney, new mom, and leader of our refugee committee and co-leader of our Ministry with Grace's table. Jess is here today to talk with us about the practice of welcoming strangers. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Savannah. Thanks for having me. As a way of beginning today, would you share an image of God that's resonating most with you right now? Sure. Actually, there's a there's a pamphlet that was put together uh, by Episcopal Migration Ministries, and um, it says, I think it says, "Welcome." This is "Welcome Refugees" or "Welcome Strangers," and there's an image of um, Mary and Joseph coming into Bethlehem um, on a donkey. And I think particularly in this season, um, it's just very, it's very fitting to remember sort of the, you know, the, the first refugees, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus's birth was, was, was born out of a, um, was born out of the context of, of welcoming refugees into a safe place. Mm-hmm. The Holy Family as the first, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the prime refugees on which uh, all of our faith hangs. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really incredible. Um, when you think about what welcoming strangers means, what practicing that kind of a way of life is like, uh, what would you say are the, the main things to remember? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, sort of thinking about how we started this practice at St. John's, it was, it was born out of the outreach committee. It was born out of conversations in the outreach committee, um, you know, which as a whole um, is dedicated to servant ministry, to serving others, to um, you know, making sure that our neighbors have enough food and fair housing and proper education and school supplies and lunches and you know, I mean, all of these, all of these things. Um, and through that group, we started to have conversations um, back in 2015 when the images coming out of the Syrian war um, were just so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we started to think about what is what is our role on the other side of the globe in our safe place, you know, with our, you know, sitting in our cushy couch with our coffee discussing discussing what we can do, you know, what what is our role in relationship mm-hmm. to the millions of refugees around the world? And I think, you know, our first, our first step was, was educating ourselves, was understanding, um, you know, what does this refugee, um, you know, I, I hate to use the word problems. These are, these are people, these are humans, you know, but when we look at the numbers and the statistics, we're talking about millions and millions and 26 million right now, refugees displaced, which means they're entirely outside of their, their own country. And even more when you're looking at internal displacement, I think it's up to mm-hmm. 70 million. Um, you know, these people are displaced, you know, what, what, what do we need to know about it? What do we need to know about the structures that are already in place? I think that's the next step, understanding what work is already being done and how can we plug into that and, and 
um, amplify it rather than you know duplicate it. Um, and then and then what are our strengths and weaknesses? Um, you know what what are we good at as a congregation that we can that we can add to the conversation and to the action? And you know what 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 are we best positioned to do to help? I think so. I think those are sort of the three the three pieces that we we thought through. Mm -hmm. And and thinking of this particular congregation, the particular people here, right? Um, what gifts can we offer? Um, what do we need to understand? And what's already in place exactly. um, is an important part of, of uh, following the call to welcome strangers, um, particularly yeah. in, in this moment and uh, relating to, you know, a global um, need for um, resettlement of, of, you know, you said 26. It's 26 million refugees, which, mm -hmm. I mean, those are people that are entirely outside of their home country. Mm -hmm. um, I said the, the number I think is, is three, is almost three, three, almost four times that um, in terms of internal displacements. But I mean, you know, when you're thinking about um, particularly, I mean, refugees are looking for a new home and that's where, you know, some, where we can, as a country, um, where we can step in, they're looking for a new home, and you know, if we can, we can be that welcoming community. So, when you first began um, exploring this more um, before the congregational level, um, were there any particular connections or people that um, led you into this? So, I mean, like I said, I think um, my you know, heart was sort of led into the space through my work with the outreach committee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at the, at the time, um, Father Luis really pushed us to have some of these, some of these conversations and really do some um, hard thinking about what are, what are we positioned to do? Um, and I think from there, I really jumped into um, reading and researching and learning, um, and several congregations within the diocese um, and the broader area are are very active in this space. Um, and so, you know, I learned I learned a lot from other parishes and from you know lay ministers, lay leaders in those parishes who are um, you know, very passionate about the issue and were very generous with their time to sit down with me and talk to me about. Uh, you know the the um, the path that they had gone through, both personally and more broadly, with their congregation mm -hmm. um, to to be in this space. And so, the ways that we, as at St. John's, are connecting with um, refugee resettlement now, um, mm -hmm. for people who who don't have any connections to that, could you share some of what we're participating in right now? Sure. So you know, this year has been a um, has been a strange one for many many reasons, and so you know, we too had to recalibrate um, how we could how we could engage um, as a group and you know with our broader community. Um, and I'm I'm really proud of the work that we did this year, actually, and you know, particularly in light of all of the challenges. Um, but I think I'd highlight two two things that we've done this year. Um, one was, you know, was led by some members of our committee, uh, the Paisley family, um, connected with a refugee family that we had previously helped, 
and um, his he's the um, the 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 man is a he was an SIV immigrant uh, refugee, so he came here on a special immigrant visa. It means he helped um, the U.S. military or U.S. Um, you know U.S foreign mission abroad and his life was in danger because of it. So we came over on this special kind of visa with his family and his wife is an excellent seamstress and they wanted to help. They, you know, they actually reached out and said, you know, we, we think we can make some masks. What, what can we do here? And so, um, you know, our committee provided some materials and some funding and uh, paid this family per mask that they made. Um, and then we donated them. And so we donated them to hospitals. We donated them to immigrant communities that didn't have masks at their disposal. Um, and I think that was really neat because one, it was meeting a need. And two, it was, um, you know, it was, it was empowering um, this refugee family to, to be a part of our community, to be a part of this, the solution that we were all seeking. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the first, the first, I think, big project that our committee did this year. And then um, we have been doing um, apartment, um, apartment readiness, I think, for lack of a better word, uh, for the last few years. So I think this is our third or fourth family that we have settled. And we partner with Lutheran Social Services, which is the resettlement agency for the DMV area. They partner with Department of State. They're assigned refugees who are coming into the country. And then they provide um, some support and wraparound services to try and, you know, welcome them and get their feet under them and, you know, help them begin their new chapter. And so we are um, a, a good neighbor. It's what it's called. We're a level four good neighbor. And we, when asked, um, will sponsor a family's apartment when they're first coming here. And when they come here, they come with nothing. And so we provide everything from, you know, mattresses and bed frames to, you know, toilet brush scrubbers and towels and dish soap and toilet paper and toothbrushes. And, you know, I mean, literally stock an apartment so that when they get here, they have um, a home. And, um, you know, it was, it's been, um, it's been really hard seeing the, um, the refugee cap be lowered each year. Um, and there just have been less refugees coming in for us to help. Um, so it was really exciting when we were assigned a family this year, and we're able to uh, figure out how to do it during the pandemic. So we, you know, we had to shift our tactics and logistically it was certainly a challenge, but um, our parish once again, you know, rose to that challenge. And um, it was this time, it was less of a collection of items just because in this environment, that was a little, we felt that was a little bit more dangerous. So it was more buying new things, which isn't our favorite way to do it, but was the way that we could do it in COVID environments. So we set up an Amazon wish list and we stocked an apartment and then we had a handful of volunteers go to the apartment and, and set everything up. And um, it was, you know, it's really exciting. They, the family arrived yesterday and, and they arrived to an apartment that was, that's their home now. And so that was, um, you know, that's a really rewarding thing that I feel like our, our parish gets to be involved with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was there Sunday, and it was, yes. it was great to be with people. Um, and I as as terrible as I am at like assembling IKEA like furniture and finding all of the screws and everything. You know, it struck me that that is another form of prayer, you know, like, perhaps we didn't um, you know, we didn't officially bless this place in some, you know, liturgical way, or um, I, I don't think I like said any prayers aloud or anything, but 
um, to see so many people uh, of the community just like um, trying to make these things come together, you know, trying to like build a chair and a dresser and whatever else. Um, it struck me that that, I mean, that was our prayer for that day. Um, and so much of welcoming strangers um, seems to be about meeting needs and, and receiving their gifts. Um, much like you were sharing about the, the mask um, uh, ministry that, that uh, a recent family, a recent family that was resettled um, was contributing to as well. Um, mm -hmm. That there's uh, both meeting of needs and receiving of gifts uh, mutually back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and it's, um, you're right. I think it's certainly, um, it's prayer and action. And also, you know, one of the things I was, I was thinking about as we were delivering things and as I was, you know, kind of thinking about what they would need, you know, I just, I, I hope and I pray that the family can feel the love that is, you know, encompassing them with every item that we brought into that apartment, you know, and that they, um, you know, that they can, you know, feel that welcome. Um, mm -hmm. and that spirit that's coming from our congregation, um, in, in providing for them. Yeah. It strikes me too, like in a time where so many of us like lack the connections that we need to, you know, like all of the sustaining relationships and, um, being in person and, you know, looking into people's eyes and hugging people, you know, all of those sort of really meaningful connections that we're missing, you know, in some ways um, that um, connects us uh, in a kind of solidarity to people who um, have lost connections in a much more dramatic way, right? Um, lost senses of home and safety and self um, and community. And um, yeah, it, it just, it felt, you know, like on Sunday, um, like, like a connection, you know, like a connection um, to people who maybe I'll meet them or maybe I won't ever. Um, but it's another way to connect. I mean, in a way that's safe, you know, um, we were all masked and like yeah. um, uh, assembling the things. But um, yeah, it strikes me that being able to position ourselves um, to welcome others um, is, and, and to share this hospitality, you know, in ways that like so many other ways in our lives, we can't express hospitality, um, that there are still ways like this um, in welcoming strangers, even if it's socially distant and, you know, very sterile and whatever else, um, that this is still, I mean, meets a need uh, for both parties, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, when you think about being a part of uh, this ministry, and, and also um, you could speak some about your ministry with Grace's Table, um, another connecting uh, food ministry. Um, how has this impacted your relationship with God? Yeah, I think... Um... I mean, I think the word connection really is, is the key part there. I mean, I think um, it has made me feel more connected to my St. John's 
congregation. You know, I think serving together in this way um, is, a, is a really incredible um, place for bonding. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has made me, you know, just really grateful to be a part of a congregation that is so generous with their time and their talent and their treasure. And St. John's, I feel really is, um, really is an incredible, an incredible community. Um, it also has made me feel um, more connected to my broader community. You know, it's, it's hard to get outside your bubble. You know, you work, you know, you work with a certain group of people and you live in a certain neighborhood and, you know, you, you know, you're involved in certain activities, you know, you have little bubbles that kind of expand out, but they tend to be, they tend to be very homogeneous um, in one way or another. And, um, you know, it's particularly, I think, um, I mean, I think Grace's Table is a great example. You know, it is, it is infrequent that I sit down and have a meal um, with someone who is on the margins or is homeless, you know, and, and have a chance to hear their story. And I think that, um, you know, talking with people, um, you know, really helps you see that, yes, there are so many things about our lives that are very different. Um, but as people, there's so much about us that is similar, you know, and I think it, that's, that experience has been very striking to me, um, to learn people's stories and find out, you know, how they, how they came to the place where they're in and, you know, and, and more often than not, we'll end up talking about, um, an author that we both really like, or a movie that we saw that we both really enjoyed. And, you know, it's, it's striking the connect, you know, the, the human connections that are there, um, when you have the opportunity, um, to make them. Mm -hmm. And I think through that, it has made me, um, you know, feel closer to God in that it has, you know, really given me an appreciation. I think it's really easy to look at the world and feel disillusioned and feel helpless and just feel like things are so unjust and unfair. And how could God allow that? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think through some of these ministries where these connections, you know, with between people can be made. I think it just, it makes me appreciate that we are all God's children, you know, and that we are, that he lovingly made all of us and, and, you know, that we just have to seek out those opportunities for connection. Um, even though when it's undoubtedly sometimes uncomfortable and painful mm-hmm. and time consuming and inconvenient, you know, I mean, I struggle with all of those things too. Um, but I have found, um, you know, more often than not, when I push myself into one of those uncomfortable places, I come out with a greater appreciation um, for God and all of his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it strikes me like when you say this, just um, that, you know, the response to feeling like disillusioned and helpless and this lack of hope. And, and I mean, honestly, like a a sense that like, where is God, if all of this is so awful, you know, like this sense of um, hiddenness or feeling like God is absent. um, It seems like what you're saying is actually going closer to the suffering, um, not like not escaping that, not trying to get farther away, but um, moving toward that suffering and um, 
of others and, and being drawn out of yourself um, into, into connection, like actually like creates um, more of a sense of, of hope and yeah. recognition of God in these people. Um, and I, yeah, I, like, I love that you shared the, um, the image of the Holy family um, even the donkey, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but like the image of the Holy family in which, you know, like that is where Christ is found. Um, and, and in our day, you know, like Christ is found, um, per- perhaps in the faces of people that are different or similar or in need or suffering, um, that, that meeting them there, um, where they're at is like, if you're looking for God, like you don't have to go, uh, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. If you're looking for God, you don't have to like, um, I mean, you can't, most people can't come into our church right now. Right. (laughs) You can't just find God, you know, like, um, yes, God is like present to us, especially when we worship God. Um, of course, uh, and, um, God is really present um, when we are able to be drawn out of ourselves and to make connections um, and to be close to the suffering. Yeah, I think I think close to the suffering is um, is a really good way to to put it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's I mean, and that's not our um, that's not our natural inclination, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, inclination is to put on blinders and to to you know to to try and, um, you know, distance ourselves from pain. That's, I think that's a normal reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's what we're, it's, I don't think it's all that we're capable of. And I don't think it's what we're made for, you know, I think particularly mm-hmm. as followers of Christ. I mean, I think, you know, Christ was the perfect example of that. Christ went into the hard places and he sat with the people that nobody wanted to sit with, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's our model and um, I think, you know, if we can, you know, it's, if we can kind of continue to push ourselves to do that wherever there are opportunities to do that, um, you know, I think I, I have found that that's where my, where I can see my greatest growth as a, as a person mm-hmm. and, and as a, as a Christian. Yeah, your greatest growth um, comes in those, those moments. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this has been really helpful. Um, and sort of opening, opening that up, you know, and, and thinking, you know, why, why do we do the things that we do? And, you know, what are the things that we are drawn to or fearful of? Um, and, and yeah, I think that's, that's really helpful. Um, and thinking about uh, welcoming others, welcoming strangers. Um, it, we can actually welcome um Jesus and the Holy family, you know, um, who, who know, know what that's like very, very intimately. Um, and I wonder if, you know, if someone's hearing this and they've never participated in any kind of a ministry like this, um, I wonder what your advice would be or how you'd recommend to just get connected to start. Sure. Um, well, the connection part is easy. Um, we have a we have a group listserv, and um, you can find out more information through the St. John's website. Um, going to the social action Washington D.C. section of it, there's there are instructions for how to 
um, you know, reach out to be added to the to the St. John's Refugee Committee, mm-hmm. um, you know, world of information, um, you know, and then from there, um, you know, we are we are a committee of, of you know, our listserv is probably almost a hundred parishioners, and um, we have a um, I think you know I think we call ourselves a steering committee, a kind of a smaller committee of of about ten to twelve um, folks who are who are very involved and. Um, you know, we are open to all new ideas all the time. Um, you know, everybody, everybody has different strengths. I'm an organizer. That is, that is what I bring to the table. And so that's why I'm sitting in this position. Um, you know, but, but we have people that are, you know, that are, um, you know, best at finding the best deals and, you know, finding all, you know, hoarding all of the good stuff for when we have a family and we have people that are really interested in the education piece and can, you know what I mean, have really poured themselves into that. And we have people that um, are really, really great at follow-up support and actually building the relationships on the back end, which is like, you know, coming from our, the last little piece of conversation, I think one of the most important components that I'd like, I'd like for us to be doing more and more of as a committee is really, um, you know, continuing to grow relationships with the families that we support. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of potential. Um, and, you know, some of it is just, you know, starting to, um, you know, follow, follow what, what we're doing, and then just jump in, you know, and if you have a, if you have an idea, um, you know, bring it forward. And, you know, our committee is always, is always ready for to try something new and to think about it from a new perspective. Um, I think that's one of the, the the beauties of having such a large you know a large group of people mm-hmm. interested in the topic. Um, that when we do meet in person one day again, which we will, <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's so nice to have so many different um, voices around the table. Mm-hmm. So nobody has to be an expert. Nobody no. has to have a policy background. No, um. no I, I know. I mean, this is not my field of work and mm-hmm. you know and there we definitely do I think we have a couple of people that are you know that are legitimate experts in our group for sure um, but the majority of us are not it's just you know we read the news and our heart broke you know mm-hmm. and we just wanted to do something and have just been looking for the best way to um, to contribute um, mm-hmm. so that's I mean if that's if that sounds like you, you know, just would love, would love for you to join us. Yeah, that's great. Well, well, thank you so much for coming to talk about welcoming strangers. Um, yeah, as an important practice of our faith. Um, yeah, thanks, yeah. yeah. Um, in closing, if you had one word to describe what this practice has meant to you, do you have a word? Um. I think I would say gratitude. Gratitude. It has, you know, it is a it is a recognition. This whole um, chapter of of my of my um, you know my Christian life and um, just my life. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know really um, the the more I learn about um, refugees, both individually and collectively, you know, as a group. Um, the more I realize just how, um, how much I have been given, um, in the country that I live and the education that I have been, you know, 
granted the opportunity to have and the parish that I'm a part of and, you know, just on and on. Um, and I feel like it, you know, it makes me want to pour that out to others. Mm -hmm. um, and on the other side of that, the families that we have had the, um, you know, the opportunity to be able to um, welcome here through one, you know, one means or another, whether that's to give them a laptop so that they can do some continuing education and some certification classes to, to get a new job, or, you know, that we provided an entire apartment for them, you know, and anywhere on the spectrum, um, the gratitude that they have expressed to us, I mean, it's just so rewarding. I mean, to just, uh, to hear, um, you know, just to, to, to hear from them what it means to be welcomed uh, mm -hmm. is also just incredibly, incredibly rewarding. So I think kind of on both, both ends of that spectrum, I think the whole process is, um, is, is wrapped in, um, you know, an, an opportunity to have a, a mindset and a perspective around gratitude. Yeah, this mutual gratitude. Yes. Well, there you have it. Yeah, this mutual growing and mutual gratitude, finding these the holy family, our our refugees, um, and and welcoming strangers as one of the important practices of our faith. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thanks so much, Jess. This was great. Yeah, thank you, Sarah.